We're going off script today because the Holy Spirit is here today. And wherever you are right now, wherever you're watching, I just want you to extend your hands towards your TV, towards your phone, towards whatever you're watching this on, and I want you to invite the Holy Spirit into your place. I want you to invite the Holy Presence of God to speak to you this morning even more than it already has through the worship. I want to invite you right now to just center your spirit on God and to ask God to just pour out his blessing on you as you hear the word, that he will open your understanding, that he will open your thoughts to be his thoughts, that he will just speak directly to you through the word as it is proclaimed. Today, I also want to start by saying a prayer, a prayer for our world, a prayer for the situations that we are facing, COVID, situations with pending wars, so many things going on in our world. So if you would bow your heads and pray with me right now. Heavenly Father, we come before you this morning recognizing that we need you. Recognizing, O oh Lord, that we need your grace, that we need your peace, that we need your, your love, that we need everything that you have to offer this morning. Oh, Heavenly Father, we come before you for those who are in Ukraine and in that part of the world that is facing imminent war. We come, Lord, asking that you will be with every person there, that you will help, O oh Lord, in whatever way possible to prevent this bloodshed, to prevent this war, to bring about your peace, to make these hostilities cease, Lord. But if that is not possible, Lord, because men, O oh Lord, will do what they will do, we ask, O oh Lord, that your holy presence be there, O oh Lord, to sustain everyone in the area. That, O oh Lord, you will continue to speak your message of hope and of life and of peace. And that, O oh Lord, people there will hear it. We ask, O oh Lord, for COVID right now to continue to decline, Lord. We pray in the name of Jesus for the healing of our land, for the restoration of our way of life, for us to be able, O oh Lord, to meet together and gather together in worship in your house, Lord, that we will be able to resume our ministry in the ways that we used to, Lord, in even greater ways. We thank you, Lord, for the ability to be able to broadcast these services and for those that make it possible. But, O oh Lord, we yearn for the day that we will be able to embrace each other in, in worship and be able to see each other's faces and be able to rejoice in our common hope in Jesus Christ. And so we pray, Lord, right now for the end of COVID. We pray, O oh Lord, that this virus will be eradicated. We pray, O oh Lord, that these numbers will go to nothing and that we will be able to get back together. We thank you, Lord, because we know that you're going to bring about a different age in this world. And so we just pray, Lord, that it'll be soon, very soon. We pray now for this word that is going to be read. We pray that you will... Use me, O oh Lord, and inspire me to share from it. We pray, O oh Lord, that we will receive it with open hearts and open minds and open spirits. And that, O oh Lord, it will bring us hope, the hope that we need in Jesus Christ. In his name we pray. Amen. Our scripture comes from 1 Corinthians chapter 15, verses 35 through 38, and then skipping over to verses 42 through 50. I'll be reading from the New Revised Standard Version. But someone will ask, 
How are the dead raised? With what kind of body do they come? Fool. What you sow does not come to life unless it dies. And as for what you sow, you do not sow the body that is to be, but a bare seed, perhaps of wheat or some other grain. But God gives it a body as he has chosen, and to each kind of seed its own body. So it is with the resurrection of the dead. What is sown is perishable. What is raised is imperishable. It is sown in dishonor. It is raised in glory. It is sown in weakness. It is raised in power. It is sown a physical body. It is raised a spiritual body. If there is a physical body, there is also a spiritual body. Thus it is written, the first man, Adam, became a living being. The last Adam became a life-giving spirit. But it is not the spiritual that is first, but the physical, and then the spiritual. The first man was from earth, a man of dust. The second man is from heaven. As was the man of dust, so are those who are of the dust. And as is the man of heaven, so are those who are of heaven. Just as we have borne the image of the man of dust, we will also bear the image of the man of heaven. What I am saying, brothers and sisters, is this. Flesh and blood cannot inherit the kingdom of God, nor does the perishable inherit the imperishable. Word of God for us this morning. Thanks be to God. Our scripture today deals with the resurrection. It appears in the 15th chapter of 1 Corinthians after Paul has made a strong case for the resurrection being real, for the resurrection being something that actually happened in the life of Jesus Christ, and for our faith being founded on that resurrection. In other words, he has made a case for the fact that we believe that God will raise us from the dead because Jesus himself was raised from the dead as the first fruits of the resurrection. God showed us by raising Jesus that he will raise us too. We have to understand that there were those in the Corinthian church who questioned the resurrection. Some that outright denied it said, you know, that's crazy talk. How can you talk about being raised from the dead? Those people denied that it was even a possibility. And so Paul wants to take some time in this letter to explain the resurrection and to say why it is so important to our faith. He wants to explain it so that every single person will understand it. And so he begins in our scripture today by giving a simple illustration. He talks about a seed. And he talks about there's, there's a variety of seeds out there, all different shapes and forms. But when these seeds are planted or sown into the ground, every single one of them perishes. Every single one of them is gone as they begin to sprout and become plants and take on new form. Paul wanted people to understand that the process that a seed undergoes 
is similar to the process that we will undergo in the resurrection of the dead. That we who are in these perishable bodies in this flesh and bone will come to an end at one point. That when we die, we will, we will pass away and this body will be no more. And that when that body passes away, a new life will begin. Well, people wanted to know, of course, how are the dead raised? How does this all happen? What is the method? What is the process? You see, they really didn't understand it. They didn't comprehend how this could be possible. Clearly, it's not something easy to understand. But Paul wants them to get an image in their mind that they can relate to. You see, Paul says they're fools. He says, you just lack understanding. This is the illustration that he gives, the seed, because he knows that they can all relate to it. You see, back then, everybody raised a garden or knew somebody that raised a garden because there wasn't a Costco down the street for you to just go get your produce. There wasn't a Walmart, you know, down the street. There wasn't a Kroger or a Publix. And so back then, people always had to either farm or trade for farm goods because it was the only way that they could get what they needed. And so he knew that this illustration of a seed growing and developing and becoming a plant was something that every single person back then would have understood, that they all had seen a seed become a plant and completely be transformed from what it used to be to what it was. And they all knew this life cycle that took place. And so he says, just like a seed that is bare and doesn't look like much is sown into the ground and then sprouts new life, our physical bodies will decay over time. We'll get older. Things don't work like they used to. We all know that, right? Things wear out. You know, things break down. And eventually, one day, our physical bodies are no more. And he says, when that moment comes, the seed ceases to exist, and the plant lives on. When I was in high school, we did that little experiment where you took an avocado seed. We used those because they were big. You took an avocado seed, and you stuck four uh, toothpicks in it, and then you, you put it on a cup with some water in it, and then you watched it every single day for what seemed like an eternity. And slowly but steadily, a little, a, little, a little root would come out of the bottom of that avocado seed and begin to grow out into that water. And sometimes a whole month, month and a half into the process, leaves would sprout up from the top of the seed and it would literally be split in half. And a plant would continue to grow and eventually the husk of the seed would just fall off. It would literally just fall off. And you would only be left with the plant. This is the image that Paul is wanting us to get. That when it comes to the resurrection, it's going to be just like that. In a moment, this husk, the body that was once the temple that held our spirit is no more and our spirit goes on to God, and then we enjoy new upgrades. 
You know, like I told the children, you, you become a superhero. That which was perishable becomes imperishable. That which used to die will no longer die, but will be eternal. That which was in dishonor will now be raised in glory. That which used to be weak will now be glorified in power. You know, this is just the best upgrade. You know, when we talk about upgrades, we always talk about the 2.0, the 3.0, the 4.0. Just imagine eternity point oh. I mean, this is the biggest upgrade that you can ever receive. The scripture says that everything, everything will be made new in us, that our spiritual bodies will be transformed, and that we will no longer have any of the downsides of the physical one. Think about that. Anything that hurts right now will hurt no more. Anything that aches in your spirit will ache no more. Anything that brings you trouble will trouble you no more. There's no longer cares, disease, addiction, anything. There's not even hunger or thirst because God himself will supply every one of our needs with his presence. Paul says this is just such good news. And I think as I get older, I appreciate it even more. You know, as you begin to get older, you begin to appreciate what God has prepared for us because this is going to be so much better. Like I told the kids, you're going to become superheroes. All of this stuff that bothers you in this life will no longer be there. And we have a lot to look forward to. Think about how much better our life will be in the presence of the one who made us and loved us since the beginning of time. It'll be a moment of such rejoicing that there will be no room for suffering. There will be no room for, for sadness. It'll be bliss and eternal joy. Those who have died in Christ will not suffer anymore. They will not be lost. They have been found in Jesus Christ. They have entered into the rest that has been prepared for them. Like seeds, their bodies have been planted in the ground when they died, and that which was perishable has now put on imperishability. I practice that a lot, and I still mess it up. Imperishability. What that means is basically they have put on eternity with Christ. You see, there were those that were having so much trouble accepting what Paul was saying about the resurrection. They were so attached to this world, to this life, to their stuff, to the things of everyday life, that they could not even imagine life post the resurrection. They couldn't even imagine what it would be like. And you know, the, what has been prepared for us is so incredible and so great that the mind just cannot even fathom what God has for us in eternity. Paul tells them, you know what, you need to let go of the stuff of this life and of this world. Because what is perishable, what is of this life, what is physical, cannot inherit imperishability. It cannot enter into the kingdom of God. He says, in other words, this physical world will come to an end. All of this will come to a halt, and then we will see the spiritual world, the spiritual life, a spiritual Jerusalem come down from heaven. And if you want to be part of that, then you've got to be able to let go of all that which is of this life. He says, focus on that which is going to be eternal. 
Why is this so important? Why spend all this time trying to explain the resurrection to people that clearly had more questions than answers? Simply because Paul wanted the Christians in Corinth and us to live our lives in such a way that we are ex explaining and sharing with others that we live a victorious life in Jesus Christ because he has already defeated death, that he has already paid the price for our sins, that he has already made a way for us to enter eternity. If you read on in the chapter, you get to verse 55, and it says, Death has been swallowed up in victory. Where, O oh, death, is your victory? Where, O oh, death, is your sting? Paul wanted all of us to understand that because Jesus was raised from the dead, we live every day knowing that death cannot defeat us, knowing that this world will pass away and that all of the things here will be gone and done with. And that therefore, while we live in this life, while we are in this stage of our existence, we just need to continue to honor God and look forward to that day of the resurrection. You see, for Christians, death is not final. It is the beginning of a life with God, and there's nothing to fear. Why would we be afraid of entering into the presence of God who loves us so much that he gave his son for us? There's so much to look forward to. This is why Paul says that if we don't believe in the resurrection of the dead, then we are the most to be pitied because without this hope, we have nothing. If this life is all we have, then we have nothing because this life will surely end. I know we have lost dear brothers and sisters in the last year, but I want to tell you that they are not lost. They've just gone ahead of us into eternity. They have simply entered into that next phase, that next step of their lives where they are entering into that glorified body, that spiritual body that is theirs. Our hope, as was theirs, is that one day we too will be raised with glorified bodies just as Jesus was. Our hope is that one day we too will be able to be fashioned in the likeness of Jesus Christ with spiritual bodies. And that when that time comes, the rejoicing and the celebration that we will have will be so overwhelming that it will overtake everything else in our existence. Paul doesn't get into the specifics of what our glorified bodies are going to be like. He doesn't have to. All we need to know is that it is an upgrade above any other upgrade that we could ever receive. All we need to know is that we will be with a God who loves us and we will be in eternal bliss. All we need to know is that we will inherit the kingdom of God that has been prepared for us, for all those who love him. But we continue to live victoriously knowing that Jesus was raised from the dead so that we can have hope of eternal life and so that we can share that hope with others. In a world that often seems like it's spiraling out of control, it is good to know that the resurrection is a certainty, that Jesus Christ paid the price so that we could hope in the resurrection, and that he did it first so that we would see that it was possible. You know, even for the disciples that saw Jesus as he, after he was raised from the dead, 
it was hard to believe that he was alive again. But they couldn't dispute it because he was right there before their eyes. We don't have the benefit of seeing that as they did, but we have something called faith, which is the belief of that which is hoped for but is not yet seen. We believe that the resurrection of Jesus means that we will be raised again and enter into eternity with him. I pray that you're not so attached to this life, to your stuff, to the everyday, that you aren't looking forward to the resurrection. Let us pray. Heavenly Father, we thank you. We thank you for the hope of the resurrection. We thank you, O oh Lord, because this promise is for each and every one of us who has placed their faith and trust in Jesus Christ. We thank you, Lord, because we know that when this life is over, you have prepared a place for us. Help us, O oh Lord, to find comfort in that hope. Help us, O oh Lord, to continue to pray for this current world and everyone in it, that everyone will be able to know your son, Jesus Christ, and experience that hope of the resurrection in their own lives. We pray that in the name of Jesus Christ. Amen. <laughs>